0: Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan.
1: Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across me and typically diametrically opposed to all the common sense progressive ideas that I
2: espouse, but we're not going to talk about that today. No, we're not, because you've never had any, so it'll be a very short conversation. But uh, but we'll, we do have guests. We'll take this up at 9 o'clock. <laughs> uh, certainly
1: we will. <laughs> we do have some guests in the studio, so we'll introduce them right off the bat. Uh, Joe Kansas is back He's chairman of the Snyder County Commissioner. Works at North Shore Railroad as one of their good outreach. What sales, I guess, is what you would call yeah, it. Yeah,
3: marketing. Yeah, making sure that uh, everybody
1: gets to know about them that uh, can stand to benefit from rail. We know that's a lot of companies
3: around here. And what other hats do you wear? Anything else? Uh, I'm. Uh, you haven't. We haven't spoken since I began auctioneering. That's a, a whole other fun hobby. Oh, that's right. And the Southern Gospel wasn't enough. Your voice just. Has to <laughs> get of... It was good training for
1: auctioneering, though. I bet it was. Yeah, the vocal control would be part of it. So, yeah, Joe Kantz, just a good Snyder County resident. I guess Republican, if somebody wanted to know about that, but not like totally, ridiculously MAGA-nut or anything like that. No, he's a (laughs) MAGA-nut. Oh, is he? Okay. (laughs) No, I'm only
2: kidding.
4: I've been
1: called a nut. I don't (laughs) know. A nut, right. Well, yeah, either way, everybody gets uh, vilified today. So that's Joe Kantz. Kevin, we don't have quite an elaborate introduction for you, so welcome aboard. He's a telecommunicator supervisor out in Snyder County. Welcome aboard. And he has a last name.
2: Oh, right. did, did I not say hood? No. Kevin Hood. <laughs> it's okay. It, it, it's good. I'm here to keep him straight. Hood it's, is a, good. It's a full-time job. There you go. <laughs> right,
1: uh, CSR 911, Central Susquehanna Regional 911. And uh, when you first started up the regional, you had people come and see how it's done properly, right? Correct. Yep. And you've done uh, sort of what? Retooling, I want to call it, or perfecting or critiquing.
5: What would you call you, what you've done since then? Well, perfection is always a work in progress. <laughs> Um, Started as a combined comm center Um, in 2016. The groundwork was laid uh, to merge the two current comm centers uh, of Snyder County and Union County. Um, And we officially went online on New Year's Day 2018 at midnight.
1: Is that what it was three yep. years ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm just now memorizing that I can call three seven two and get Union County. <laughs> it's, it's, it's taken that long, but yes, yeah, superlative help. We you know we real have a significant cooperative relationship with the CSR nine one one. That's one of the things you want to talk about today, Joe. So outline really where sure. we, what we got to cover today.
3: Yeah. Well, it is a model around the state. The state has been pushing you know counties to look at consolidation, and we got on the bandwagon real early, knowing that if we did that that there would be monies that flowed to us for the counties to, to make that consolidation happen. So uh you know, always as Kevin said, it's always a work in progress and uh you never please everyone. But we are doing our very best to, you know, have the best leadership, have the best telecommunicators, but that takes people like everything else today. And you know how difficult it is to find people that number one want to work, but even more importantly at nine one one who have a passion to help people because this is the front front line the very front line to make sure that when they call that 911 call Someone's going to be there to answer and someone's going to know how to respond to get them the help that they need.
1: And I think there used to be an element of simplicity to county government that the prison you know, kind of ran not on its own, took some work, but it took normal guidance. And a comm center was radios and the police and the firefighters and pagers and radios and that really took care of it. Well, yeah, no, Those they,
3: things are all out the window now. Remember <laughs> in the past,
2: there were a lot of individual responders. I can remember when I came here, Sunbury Police Department re, uh, dispatched its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were like four, gosh, you had, to, you had to have a 48-channel monitor just to pick up everybody who was dispatching something. But, you know, you talk about there's obviously a need for people like this, as you pointed out. But, Kevin,
5: what's a typical day like for a for, for, uh, telecommunication? Uh, a typical day? <laughs> I don't know if there is such a thing as a typical day. We, I mean, you can have the gambit of anything you can have typical well, i hate to say normal 911 calls or normal incidents traffic stops you know the the, like the ambulance call Yeah, the of echelon thing. of trouble breathings yep. you could have we were just discussing earlier the incident that happened a couple months ago with the car that ended up on the roof of the chinese restaurant right. you know who in their wildest dreams would have ever thought that happened but eh, there it sat in my lap <laughs> So basically, a typical day is not typical. Uh, no, no. Depending on the
2: calls. But I mean, from a work standpoint, I mean, is the, uh, how hard is the technical aspect of what
5: you guys do? The technical aspect isn't really difficult. Um, you have to have a desire to want to help people. I mean, it's not a job, like I said, we don't have big S's on our chest. It's not it's something that, you know, it takes a certain person, but it takes a certain personality. Um, you have to have that want and desire to want to help somebody. It's definitely a job that... Anyone can do, but you just have to have that desire. (laughs) You can't be
2: dismissive and not interested in helping, right? Right. Or a highly nervous and excitable individual, I would suspect, would be a little difficult to 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 work with, too. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah,
3: keeping calm and composure in a situation like that is is obviously very important. And uh, you know, just recently having been a caller, you know, having a call taker on the other end that can, I don't want to say subdue, but really kind of just try and calm that person down on the other side because they're dealing with a lot. You know, like, let's say it's a heart attack. You know, you have a grandmother who's having a heart attack. What do I do? I mean, people, this is the first time, most likely, that they've ever dealt with a situation like that where they don't know what to do many times. So that call taker is not only, number one, assessing the situation sight unseen, but they're also trying to calm down that person, that call taker, Mm -hmm. to help them assess, help them give them the information that they need to assess Who they have to send and when and how, and all of that. So it's, you're almost playing private detector on the other end while trying to calm someone down. Is that an individual, you know, the, the decision you have to make about what gets dispatched? Is
2: that pre-programmed so that if you have a heart attack and it's in this area, here's who you dispatch? Or is this a matter of con- of something that you guys have to think about at that time and make a decision as to who gets sent?
5: It takes some fast thinking. Sometimes we have what are called um, box alarm assignments. That's what dictates who in each, each region gets dispatched for each call. And each fire department, each municipality has their own box alarm assignment. And that tells us when we pull the incident up in the CAD program, which is our dispatch, it's computer-aided dispatch program. Years ago, we used to have punch cards when I started. Mm-hmm. and actually yeah, with paper, a little time clock? Yep, and actual paper cards. Now we have a computer that tells us when we put that address in, what area it's in and what is due as far as apparatus responses. And it, it, it includes ambulances as well. Sometimes we have to get creative because you might get two or three calls in the same area and... And the ambulances are already out, so we got to kind of pull back and forth, and and sometimes we get at for it if we don't necessarily make the right call, but it's 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 what we it's best we can do when we have to do it. Well, you get humans involved. Well, the next <laughs> thing you know, exactly. <laughs> it's always going to
3: be right. Yeah. The whole yeah. system
5: falls apart. I I said it before. Until we can train a robot to do this, as long as the human <laughs> elements in it, it's human nature. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stumble sometimes, but we do the best we can. Well, you're here
2: to talk about the fact that you do need people to do this job. So, how many people do you need? What is a typical Staffing situation at the the nine one one center on a daily
5: basis. I mean, does it vary by time of day or day of the week? Um, right now, it does. Um, so, our full time cap, in other words, the the highest amount of full timers we can have on um, on the on the uh, on the roster is twenty one. So, right now we are sitting. That's twenty one full timers. Right now we are sitting at sixteen full timers, and that's including two supervisors, myself and the other supervisor, the night shift supervisor, which is Shane Apple, and a trainee. Um, so we have at least three, four, five positions to fill yet full-time, um, and that's not even counting our we have ten part-timers, too. And our part-timers have been wonderful with filling the gaps. Um, there's still overtime. There's going to be overtime, but it's been very minimal. Um, they have picked up the, the pace and filled in where they can. Men and women? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And actually, sometimes women make some of the better dispatchers. I'll give them their credit. Okay. Empathy. Yeah, yep.
1: I mean, that, this idea of, uh, you know, I think you can, you, you know, they might care more deeply or something. I'm not sure how. My to,
3: wife would say that they're better listeners.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Whatever. Like, yeah. I would,
5: I would agree, most of the time.
1: I don't want to be dismissive of your wife, so though. Now I'm already in the so, so I haven't a couple, even met her yet.
3: A couple things that we'd be looking for, Mark, if you're out there and you're saying, okay, well, I wonder if I could do that job. You know, it sounds interesting, and I I love to help people. Well, that's good. That's good that's a start. So, you know, we need you to be 18 years of age and have a high school diploma or or a GED. Uh, We'd like you to be team oriented. We'd like you to have the ability to remain calm in high stress situations. That's very important, as we've said. And and if you can multitask, that's important as well, because there will be times, you know, on a really bad incident, like we talked about there at at the China restaurant. I mean, you might have 100 calls because it's so visible on the strip or someplace like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like days of old where somebody had to run and find a phone to make the call. Everybody's yeah. got a phone in their pocket now. So, you know, one incident may get you 30 911 calls, and you've got to be able to deal with all of that. Mm-hmm. There's only three or four people on shift at every time. So, you've got to process all of those calls because you never know which call coming in is the next standalone incident where someone needs your help.
2: Joe, you said the minimum age is 18. What's the upper end of that range? (laughs) Uh, You can still apply, Joe. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Absolutely.
2: (laughs) As long as you're able to sit up and take nourishment. Well, I can do that. (laughs) No, so really, if if someone out there is looking for a retirement-type job, uh, you're looking here primarily for full-time, but there's also part-time work available, too,
3: right? There are part-time positions, as always, and as Kevin said, they're important to fill in those slots because... You need them when you need them, and and that's important. And you know, one of the things we've switched to recently is twelve-hour shifts, and that's appealing to a lot of folks. And here's the other thing that's appealing: that let me just take you through two days on, two days off, three days on, two days off, two days on, three days off. So if you don't if you don't like the mundane Monday through Friday routine, which a lot of people don't anymore, this gives you a lot more flexibility you know, with time at home, time off. That's what I call a turkey hunter schedule Yep, <laughs> that frees up a lot of mornings. That's right. <laughs> so. Looking for a good uh, weather day, you know, you'll catch one every so often.
2: I guess the other question that someone
3: might have is, what's it pay? Sure. So our starting rates right now are $16 an hour for our telecommunicators. But here's the other thing. You get paid while you get trained for the
5: job. And as Kevin's already indicated, training takes up to up to six months. It can. We give oh. them a window of six months from the uh, date of hire until you're signed off. Now, some people might take a little longer, and that's okay. Um, some people, it doesn't take near as long. Everybody learns at a different learning curve, but the typical time is right around six months. What's the training program look like? I mean, is it just that you throw them in and say, here's the equipment, <laughs> and uh, I'll stand behind you and let you know if you mess up? So when you start, when you get hired, um, we do, and I think most 911 centers do something similar. I know I worked. At Northumberland County, I still do part-time, and their training program is very similar to what we do at CSR. Um, When you start, when you get hired, you come in for your first day, Um, you are with the administrative staff, so that would be John, who is our operations director, and um, Ryan, who is our CAD administrator, he's our IT person that takes care of all that, and um, the administrative people, for about three weeks, four weeks, we call it the academy, Um, and when you go through that, you get your basic Stuff to start. You get your basic introduction to the radio, to the phone system, to the CAD program. Um, you also get your basic certifications to be a dispatcher. You get your telecommunicator certification through APCO, which is who d- dictates our standards. Um, you also start your process to get certified to run the clean computer. The we call it the portal, which is the computer system that connects the criminal justice. You know, connects us to state police in Harrisburg and all the background. When someone gets pulled over by the cops, it's the system we use to run their licenses, run their driver's license. So you get all that the first three, four weeks. And then from there, you get assigned to a shift with a trainer, whether it's on the day shift with me currently or with Shane on the night shift. Um, And then you go through your training process. They get signed off on call-taking, which is answering the phone and learning how to process a call. That's probably the biggest thing. Um, And then typically they get passed off from there to learn how to be a police dispatcher, and then we usually end with learning how to dispatch fire trucks. Well, and you talked about uh, an ultra-stressful situation uh, such as that
1: mishap on Routes 11 and 15 high-speed crash with multiple, multiple agencies Mm -hmm. involved. Those are doable dispatches. I got to see some of the critiques of the Northumberland County Prison Fire when they did that. And because it ramped up and ramped up and ramped up slowly, It's doable for folks. I don't want to scare folks into thinking, oh, my gosh, I could never dispatch a hundred volunteers. Well, guess what? We watched them do it in Northumberland County. You just do it one at a time. Right.
5: Yep. It's just you you just keep going and keep going forward. And, you know, a lot of our – we get some – dispatch trainees or people who come in a lot of times off of the street from fire companies a lot of us have fire service or ems service backgrounds and you get one or two that are gung-ho they're like oh i want a barn fire right away or oh, i want this right away it's like <laughs> I, and i get it because i mean i was that person 20 years ago but um i'm just showing my age um, <laughs> but uh you they're they're I call them pan flashes. They're you know a lot of activity right away, a lot of you know back and forth right away, but then like within fifteen, twenty minutes, typically, it's just they it's just you know answering stuff until it's it's over. Do you ever worry about, you know, making a mistake and then what that mistake might, how it might magnify? Always. I am my worst critic, even now. And, I mean, that's part of the process, too. you got to kind of step back sometimes and look at, okay, how did I do this? How did I process this call? Um, But you you really can't dwell on it because you sit and you play in your head and you think, oh, I should have done this different, I should have done that different. You know, we all have bad calls. Every one of us has had a bad call over the years, and that's the nice thing with... And any 911 center, whether it's CSR, whether it's East Central, which is the Montour-Columbia County um, Combination Center, Northumberland, Juniata, I don't care who it is, they all have, we all have wonderful people, wonderful support system. I mean, we're with our coworkers more sometimes than we're with our own families. So you become a second family, and even if you don't see eye to eye with your partner all the time, you know that they have your support in your back. What about the emotional aspect of this, guys? Sorry, Joe. No, I'm sorry. Okay.
2: No, I'm curious because, you know, certainly some of the stuff has to take a toll on you guys emotionally, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And, and what, what did
5: you offer any kind of uh, support for that? Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there, we all have each other's backs. And I just, last week, um, my shift particularly had an, a very bad incident. We had an incident involving a child that didn't end well. And the dispatcher, in question on my shift um, and she was shaken um, but we as a group you know told her you know it's okay you know and I told her I pulled her aside I said it's not that I don't want you to finish the day I want you to not think about this place anymore today I want you to go home be with your kids you know, love them up, give them hugs. Just don't worry about this place. We got this the rest of the day. And our administration supported me. I know if it would have came down to the commissioners, the commissioners would have supported me. So we really do have a lot of support when it comes to our mental health and making sure that we're okay. We started out talking about the stress of uh, the big dispatches. You
1: had some thoughts. Yeah,
3: well, I was going to say, you know, again, thinking about it, you're out there and saying, "Oh, is this something I could really do? If, if you've ever played a sport, if you've been on a bowling team, if you've been a, on a baseball team, if you were a wrestler, if you were on a football, if, if you played sports in high school or any kind of sport, you know the importance of succeeding as an individual, but you win as a team. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah, you've got to do your job, as Kevin said. You know, you, you got to be on your game. You got to you got to do your job right. But at the end of the day, when you have a big a big call or even a small call that impacts that call taker. You think about the stress that goes on the, the other side of the call, the person making the call, but then you'll be the person that's got to direct and guide and make things happen as that call taker. It's important that you come together as a team. And that's why I always say we're looking for a team player that will support their coworkers because you went, you succeed as a team or you fail as a team. And you we want to succeed as a team. And that's been our goal all along. It's been our goal... I mean, yeah, it's great that as commissioners we can say, "Let's consolidate." And the goal when we consolidated was to save a million dollars over ten years. We exceeded a million dollars in savings the first three years. Okay, so we've exceeded that goal. But now the next, the make the 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 proof is in the pudding, and we want to make sure that we're hiring the best people for this job. The people that are going to do the best and respond to make sure that our residents in Union and Snyder County have the best call takers in the, in the, in the state. And I believe we've got some of the best of them. Well, I know you do. I talk
1: to a handful of them every morning at 5 o'clock. Yes,
5: <laughs> you do. <laughs> Kevin included.
1: Well, and some of them are glad to hear from me, and others are like, oh, they roll their eyes. It's Mark Lawrence again. I don't know if you ever noticed, but I always say something different. Every time yes, I you call, do. I never say, it's Mark Lawrence, WK, okay, anything going on overnight? You know, nope, That's what that won't do. We always start in the middle of the sentence or something. The other thing I want to point out is that, yeah, it can be a tough job at times and very stressful. but. You have some people and some colleagues and some peers that just thrive beyond recognition at the Com Center.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, that we, as Kevin said, I mean, you know, he's he's been there, he's left, he's come back because it's drawn him back. It's it's like those of us that have been in radio; we can never completely leave radio. Yeah. It's in your blood, and it's I think the same is true for you know. If we look at the number of call takers that we have that are also first responders, fire companies, EMS.
5: I w- how many do you think it is, Kevin? Oh, my gosh. Over uh, half? Oh, At my least. gosh. Absolutely. I'd say you're like 90 ninety, ninety five 95%. Yeah. Yeah. We all have some kind of background. Even the ones who didn't come from you know this kind of a background, um, they have an idea of what we do. Well, John was our fire chief for a number of years. Yeah. He's one of your dispatchers. Right. Absolutely. But, you
2: know, you mentioned that there, you're five people down right now from where you want to be. Can you handle five trainees at the same time, or is there some kind of a plan you have for filling these positions, and what would that be, and how would people apply? I honestly don't know. I've never tried
5: juggling five trainees before. (laughs) That might be my next personal goal, Joe.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, you can always train more than one, and Mm -hmm. it does help because you're training the same information. So, you know, uh, we do it at the prison all the time. I'd much rather have a training crew of five or six than one or two because, you're doing the exact same work, and those that are training are trainers. Mm-hmm it's a little bit easier, you know, kind of economies of scale, it's better use of their time to train multiple people than it is just one. Well,
5: and the nice thing, too, um, we have, the training goes on with the shift supervisors right now, but we have people on on our staff who have either been former supervisors or just have the training background that have done it before that if we have multiple trainees and I've got someone working with me and Shane has someone working with them, we could potentially say, you know, pull one of the other ones and say, hey, would you mind training so-and-so until we get these signed off, and then we'll go from there. Well, it's a 24 hour day job, so the training would include
2: day shifts and night shifts, right? Correct. Okay. Right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll keep talking to
1: Joe Kantz and Kevin Hood. They're from the Snyder County uh, Snyder County government. Joe Kantz is chairman of the commissioners. Kevin Hood is a telecommunicator supervisor. Uh, one of the messages they brought today is that they are looking for individuals to work in the comm center, but they also want to make sure that the general public is aware of what goes on at the other end of 911, and I think that's a fact fabulous lesson for us today we're going to get a little bit about snyder county governance when we come back and you are listening to on the mark we'll open up the phone lines as well if somebody has a question for either of our guests call us 1-800-795-9565
4: there's something to be said about a sale with a handshake a service technician who really knows what he's doing they can explain it in english what the problem is there's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area
1: All right, we just have a couple of minutes left in this particular segment, so uh, we're going to let Joe Kance talk a tiny bit about governance. I'm going to bring Kevin Hood back and talk about texting 911 and training kids how to use 911. I think that's got to be given more opportunity. But, Joe, governance, Snyder County, state of the county as best you can real quick here.
3: Um, we're, in you know, black, right? you know, we're in the black, right? Yeah, we're in the black. Well, we I don't know for sure. We uh, have our tentative budget uh, adoption later today at 2 o'clock, so, uh, at least if all goes well. We've been inundated with the election and everything else. So our goal is to get the uh, tentative budget adopted this afternoon. Uh, but I can tell you this. It is getting more and more difficult. And I say that every year, but I really do mean it. Um The last couple of years have been crazy, and everybody needs more people in government, and it's really difficult for me because, you know, I'm a strong conservative. I don't want to see any more government than necessary. But when I look at, you know, crime increasing and and mental health issues increasing and all of these things that require more people... It stretches the budget thin, and so it gets more and more difficult, which is why things like the consolidation of CSR 911 make more sense, and it's why we've got to work with other prisons in our region to to piggyback and help each other out, because not one single county can afford to take on everything that is increasing to make it work. we got got tons more to talk with you about in the future, so come back. Absolutely. Don't make it a long time.
1: Kevin, I'm going to bring you back on a sunrise show, and we'll get you on the radio talking about text 911 and training Sounds kids, and we'll just reiterate this good message. So thank Sounds you, good Kevin, to me. for thank coming you. in.
2: Thank you, gentlemen. Thank, thank you. you,
1: Joe. Joe Kantz, chairman of the Snyder County Commissioner, and Kevin Hood's a tell Communications Supervisor in Snyder County. This is WKOK Sunbury, 9 a.m. Good morning.
0: News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark@wkok.com. at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan.
1: Greetings, welcome on board, WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. You are listening to News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is here. Our fabulous producer is Lynn Hall on the other side of the glass, so we appreciate... Good morning her. to her. Good, we appreciate her sticking with us and donating some free time out of her own personal life to come and <laughs> work well, with. She's
2: doing this out of the love of the, the program, She is. All, right. <laughs> she is.
1: That's how what she is. What a girl. Does. What so a girl. She's something else, man. <laughs> uh, on the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out of sunburymotors.com. We would love to hear from you today. You have three ways to voice your opinion. One is the toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at, at KOKid.com and you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM in your text, and uh, we'll make sure it gets to the right desk here. We do have some brief news headlines, but if you'd like to comment on anything you heard about Snyder County, or the uh, governance thereof, or the budget, it's uh, always tough to balance budgets when costs just keep going up, and worker shortages, you got to compete with higher wages, and that runs up costs, and you have more crimes, so you have more jailing, so you have more expenses there. So, uh, yes, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting, to we'll listen to that Snyder County budget announcement later today, so we'll keep you posted about that. You're listening to uh, WKOK On The Mark. Call us now with your opinion about the important issues of the day. In the news today, a home was damaged by a fire in Milton. The two alarm blaze was called in around 10 p.m. for the fire on Hepburn Street in Milton. Crews from Milton, Warrior Run, William Cameron Engine Company, Turbot Downship, Mifflinburg, White Deer, and other companies responded. In a standby capacity, volunteers from North Hamilton moved to Milton to cover their stations while Milton crews were on the front lines. No word yet on what caused that fire, the extent of damage, and no injuries reported in that uh, fire. The night before, thanks giving said to be known as drinks giving or blackout Wednesday. PennDOT officials are reminding us about the dangers of impaired driving and they say the number of fatalities among young people increases as Thanksgiving approaches. They're reminding folks don't drink and drive and make sure you have a plan on how to get home. As the Department of State works towards certification of last week's elections, a risk limiting audit or RL A of the results is about to get underway. Our correspondent Mark Sims has that story.
6: Acting Secretary of State Lee Chapman says the risk-limiting audit will provide additional evidence to give confidence in the results of the election.
7: RLAs are the gold standard for audits of elections. They take advantage of the best of what machine-generated results and hand-to-paper auditing have to offer in a world where both are necessary to manage the complexity of modern elections. RLAs allow us to have confidence that we can rely on our voting systems to tell us the right winner.
6: The Department of State says the risk-limiting audit will involve hand-counting random selected batches of ballots throughout the state and comparing those counts to voting machine counts. Counties must certify their election results to the Secretary of State by November 28th. Mark Sims News Radio 1070 W K O K.
1: The Watsontowns man is facing a DUI and other charges after being found driving under the influence with a toddler in his vehicle. Watsontown police say charged his 20 year old Dakota Lowry for the October 24th incident in Watsontown. President Biden pardoned two turkeys yesterday. No, not Nancy, Melo- Nancy oh, Pelosi. Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, but two turkeys. No, no, it was Chuck Schumer. Oh, is that it? Was <laughs> uh, chocolate is the name of one of them, and Chip is the other. They're 50-pound turkeys. So, what so, a waste. So they got <laughs> What <park>. a waste. <laughs> <laughs> of time. All right. And finally, Joe, this appeals to you and I. What is it? Today is Start Your Own Country Day. My well, own country? Right. So Joe-topia is going to exist finally. You can plant a flag and declare your living room Joe-topia or Mark-topia. Uh, some folks may call it the United States of Americardo or something like that. You can start your own country. Day its tradition began as a real thing at the 1939 World's Fair in New York, encouraging the creation of new countries. The U.N. says you need to meet four criteria, a sovereign territory, a government, a permanent population, and the ability to have relations with other states." (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know you had to have relations no, with I didn't anybody. Know. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds <laughs> gross.
2: I, I do not wish to enjoy any sounds, relations actually, with any other country. States, it says, so that would imply a large number of people. I think they mean like state governments oh, uh, okay. globally. Okay. but uh, That's
1: not the way we took it. All right. Well, that's
2: true. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Hey, did you hear the oh. big news? No. CBS finally admitted that Joe Biden's son's laptop is a story. (laughs) After all this time, after Leslie Stahl's interview last year with President Trump or with Trump saying, well, can't be verified, this is Russian disinformation, now they admit it's real. How about that? What do you think, Stan? Isn't that great?
8: (laughs) (laughs) Two years, too late. (laughs) Yep. You know, and and, and and us conspiracy theorists were one hundred percent correct, weren't
2: we? <laughs> well, that's a, I don't think people like EB are going to admit that. But now that the CBS has come out and they're actually reporting on this, like this is something they just discovered. This is surprising. Yeah. Now out there, in case yeah. somebody
1: is a normal human, what's the significance of Hunter's laptop? Well, it's got lots uh, of bad Biden stuff on
8: complicity it. complicity <laughs> in right. dealing with China. <laughs> 10% getting... for
2: the big guy.
8: As he was vice president of the United States. Okay.
2: Yep.
8: That's, that's the problem right there, Mark. The... He was doing this while he was vice president of the United States. So how much did that influence his policies and decisions about China? That we will probably never know.
1: I mean, you but say he was doing this. What is this?
8: Breaking in money. He was getting money from them. He was being paid by the Chai
1: <laughs> The Chai Sounds like a helicopter.
8: <laughs> Incoming well, the chi-coms, chi-coms that's a <laughs> the Communist Party runs everything in China. The banks, the industry, everything. The Communist government has their hands in all of it. So he was working with the Chinese banks, the energy sector, all that. So he was involved with it, but that's not why. And
1: going. why didn't President Trump investigate this? Well, he was trying why? to. <laughs> yeah. <Did you> t-
8: <laughs> why? Why wouldn't you when there's criminal activity going on?
2: Why didn't but
1: that's, he? That's I'm saying. Here nor why, there? Why
8: Mark, didn't he?
2: He did. He called attention to it. No, oh, did he? Okay. But they said it was Russian disinformation. Well, right. Trump did. Right. No, the media said it was Leslie Stahl in her interview with and him it, said it was Russian disinformation. And,
8: And 50 lying, lying intelligence, past intelligence officers said it was that. So that's, yeah, that's, but that's not why I called. I called because out in Colorado we had a gay bar shooting. Okay. They shot up the gay bar, five people died, and a bunch were injured. And the scumbag that did it is still alive. Okay. Now, they have charged him with murder, which, okay, he killed people. That would be a good charge. But they've also charged him with hate crimes. Now, I will be the first to admit that to go into any place like that and shoot it up, you have to have a lot of hate in your heart. Now, whether it was specific to the gay individuals in there or just because he was a hateful person, I don't know. But they've charged him with hate crimes. But they also said, now, this is off your newscast. No motive is known. So if you don't know the motive, how can you charge a guy with hate crimes?
1: Just well, putting what, that out there. What's the affidavit? We haven't seen that much detail yet, so we haven't seen an affidavit that would deal with, with the specifics.
8: Well, that was on the news media. That was on your, your CBS newscast, top of the hour. Right. That's what was said. No motive is known. <laughs> I mean, he. Uh, one thing I will put out there: he's crazy. Okay, because you have to be crazy to do that plain and simple whether he hated gay people or he just hated everybody don't know because there's no motive known. Now once again the system has failed the citizens of Colorado because in Colorado they have a red flag law. Last year the individual was arrested after a four hour standoff with cops for threatening to blow up his mother's house with her in it and charged with kidnapping. And the DA in that town where he lived declined to prosecute. So, with that declining of prosecution, there is no record that he was would uh, prevent him from purchasing a firearm. Which is the whole purpose of red flag laws and prosecution of crimes like that. Because, quite frankly, again, the guy was crazy. He was threatening to blow his mother up. Now they said they found no explosives so they couldn't charge him with explosives so it would be terroristic threats and I believe they charge him with kidnapping so again the system has failed but what does the left want to do right away first thing the left out of their mouth is we got to ban guns okay for the millions of people that have done nothing they want to ban guns and it'll start they say oh it's just the assault rifle which is a A made up word By the left Because there is no such thing as assault rifle Unless you're talking about full auto rifles Which are highly regulated right now But can be purchased That's not what was used They purchased a semi-automatic sporting rifle And he went in and shot With a hand And also a handgun Shot the place up But right away We're going to persecute Law-abiding gun owners that is their end goal. They'll start with the semi-automatic sporting rifles, and they'll just continue down the list of the handguns and shotguns and blah, 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 till there is no guns in any law-abiding citizen's hands. So then what does that make the law-abiding citizen? That makes them a slave to the system, or a subject, however you want to look at it. Because free people are allowed to defend themselves. Unarmed people are subjects.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at. I the, don't want
8: to be a subject.
1: I'm looking at the AP story, they refer to him as uh, preliminary charges uh, that include bias crimes, which is uh, probably the state level of hate crimes, where you have some bias against somebody, but they're preliminary charges and not formal charges yet. So maybe we have not seen uh, the full charges, but maybe they have some indication that he had some bias against individuals who are gay or something like that. And uh, so, But more to follow on that, I guess, would be the, no, no, the bottom line. Yes, sir?
8: He went into a gay bar, so right away they're going to say bias. I don't know. Okay, I'm just going off the CBS News there at the top of your at the hour on your station. They said they have no motive known, except they charge him with hate crimes and murder. Okay, that's what I'm going off of.
1: Yeah, court As documents. I
8: said, we don't know because no motive has been put out.
1: Court documents uh, laying out his arrest have been sealed at the request of prosecutors. Information on whether he had a lawyer wasn't available. Uh, blah, 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 AR 15, past history, mental health, and the rest of it's just the normal story. Other than a bias crime is somebody when you're choose victims because
2: of so some. if he has a mental health issue what trumps what does his hatred let's say he has uh, a hatred of of the lgbtq plus community <laughs> and is that because he's mentally ill or is he a hater just generally who happens to be well as they investigate prosecutors will uh, yeah. have to sort that out an and then the you, jury Joe. will what's get an, got an got opportunity answer to answer that question. what's the answer stan
8: Okay, here's what the news media is putting out right now. MSNBC <laughs> and, and they CNN, lie. they have their guests on there. And they're saying it is because the right is protesting the mutilation of genitals on children under the age of 18. Wow, because of one. transgender and the, and the whole sexual whatever. That's what they're saying calls this to be. Because we protest that we're, we're against doctors mutilating children. Okay, That's why they say it happened.
2: Really? Yeah. I hadn't heard that. Hadn't heard that's that what they're saying. Huh. On MSNBC.
8: You should have watched, watched Tucker last night, Joe. He laid it all out. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now, I know you'll laugh and scoff at that. <laughs> no, I know. It wasn't me laughing. Put out, he
2: put their clips,
8: their words... On the screen.
2: That was right. Mark laughing, not no, me. No, that huh? was Joe that scoffing. Was <laughs> Don't
1: blame me. All right, Stan, thank you so much for calling in. Always appreciate it. Have a great day. Yep, you too. Appreciate that. All right, we got open phones right now. We've got to take a quick break. Call us now, 1 800 795 9565. One of our emailers send us a note, and it relates to Colorado shooting, so we'll read that on the radio. Let me tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family owned dealership no, since 1950. You're
2: yes, that's How about the truth. that. All right.
1: Ford, Hyundai, and Kia. And they're also looking for some important uh, people to work there. Experienced technicians, entry-level technicians, career changers, Joe, or retirees. Hey, how about that, Joe? You could get a job. I so.
2: think I'd be more interested in the telecommunicators job. Would you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, because t- I don't know much about cars. <laughs> well, uh, I know I love them. I love to drive teach them. You. Well, they could
1: teach you about car I parts. I love Sunbury Somebody...
2: Motor Company. I mean, they're great people.
1: So. Right. Well, i are going to tell you about the Ford EcoSport, Joe. You would love this vehicle because every right. so often you like to save a dollar. The EcoSport Sports, subcompact crossover SUV sits high above the road, so you got clearance. So if you have a rubbly driveway and you need to get up, got a two-cylinder, uh, I'm sorry, two-liter four-cylinder motor gets 24 miles to the gallon on average, but it's got a turbocharger, and that's where all your gas is going. Uh, but uh, yeah, very affordable, less than thirty thousand dollars. They can get them down there. They can get some Broncos, Explorers, and uh, Expedition, and some other vehicles down there. So go to the Sunbury Motor Company. They would just love to chit chat with you at the sunbury motor company it's a family-owned dealership since 1915 fourth street sunbury which is 11 to 15 almost work call us now we're enjoying open phones we'd love to talk with you one 800
4: there's something to be said about a sale with a handshake a service technician who really knows what he's doing they can explain it in english what the problem is there's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area All right, Joe belly up. time to chit-chat. Yes, I'm ready to
2: chit-chat, and we have a call coming in. Uh, E.B. has sent us a letter. She's very smart. And then very angry. She says, for months, right-wing... Uh, media pundits like Tucker Carlson and Republican politicians like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert have been spewing anti-gay, anti-trans rhetoric, calling members of the LGBTQ community groomers and screaming about how drag queens are assaulting traditional values. They do this while ignoring an actual groomer in their midst, child sex trafficker Matt Gates. But that's a topic for another email. Now, over the weekend, a young man walked into a Colorado gay bar that was scared scheduled to hold a drag show the next day and open fire with an assault rifle killing five innocent people. His grandfather is a Colorado po- politician known for his hardcore embrace of Trumpism and election denial. Once again, it's become crystal clear that right wing media and the Republican Party have become a breeding ground for domestic terrorists. All the open bigotry toward the LGBTQ plus community and all the accusations of a racially gay agenda are having the effect of radicalizing people. From Kyle Rittenhouse to Anderson Aldrich and everyone in between, domestic terrorists are springing solely from the Republican Party. It's well past time to end the hate. Signed E.B. Now, E.B. Go ahead, say it. What? She's entitled to her opinion, wrong as she is. You know, uh, uh, just because somebody in the Republican Party says something that she doesn't like, suddenly it's the entire party. We're all dripping in well, loathing no, and hatred for the LGBTQ plus community. You got to admit, though, you got this ultra spiteful right wing that loves violence and rioting and whatever else it takes uh, well, to you mean, affect like your the, goals. Like the Antifa people who riot and, and destroy things and set fires. Do that, you mean like them? Is that who did January sixth? I did not know it was them. I thought it no, was. they were out in Trump they were out in the western part of the country, burning down people's businesses, setting fire to oh. property, they destroying s- police cars—that's what they were busy they doing. Nancy Pelosi's office? No, oh, they didn't okay. do that. But Nancy Pelosi's office wasn't destroyed. Matter of fact, she got her computer back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The young lady who was accused Harrisburg. of the young lady who was right. just accused of taking it. Was found guilty not of that, but of some story, other things.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, Joe, I'm afraid you have calm-colored glasses on when it comes to looking <laughs> <laughs> at the far-right wing of the GOP. I understand you you have have it in for Antifa, that's fine. You know, I would hold on to that if I were you. Well, no, I, but if, if you're going to But you do so not see what is right in front of you, you do not what's see right the in front log in your own eye... What is the log that in the my ultra eye? The ultra-right-wing chip off the old block of your Republican <laughs> Party is violent and fomenting violence and encouraging these standalone attacks. So where... You're where, just where, not seeing where what was is this plainly guy, obvious to other people.
2: You're saying that this guy is mentally ill. They're saying he has mental issues. He tried to blow up his mother. But this is a Republican philosophy. Philosophy. Let's blow up mom with a bomb. You know, this is if this guy's mentally ill, he's mentally I, ill. I
1: President <laughs> Trump encouraged individuals to be violent on behalf of the cause.
2: He encouraged this guy to shoot up an LGBTQ plus club? Yeah, he did. I, I don't know that he Where necessarily the proof knew of that? him
1: specifically. But I think when President Trump always spoke, he made sure that if you are a member of uh, sort of his MAGA club, that taking action on behalf of the MAGA national movement and is so Okay. MAGA
2: Movement is anti gay anti lgbt for your lawyer i think he used to say was But it wasn't his... it had nothing to do with gay people or, or drag people or whatever or no, transgender people he didn't say go, go ahead get them go and take action on the right wing agenda But he didn't the right wing agenda has nothing to do with in, with people who are in the okay. lgbtq plus community Joe if you don't see it that's fine it still exists it's Well, there's a log e- in your eye and e- a matter of e- fact there's a whole fir tree in your eye
1: <laughs> he would be smart enough to recognize it so women are more empathetic They can see what's obvious better than men. Well, uh, how come you see it? Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Go right ahead.
7: Good morning. It's Cindy from Hey,
1: welcome aboard. Hi, Cindy.
7: Hey, I want to change the subject. As fascinating as it is to keep harping on these issues over and over again. <laughs> the <other. laughs> okay. There's an issue, though, that in the Pennsylvania House of Representatives that's very troubling to me. So I'm sure that many people know that the, while the House has been in the control of the Republicans, In theory, with this last election, it has flipped Democratic. And I say in theory for this reason, because the split is 102 Democrats to 101 Republicans. But one of the Democrats they count in that 102 is dead. And he was elected even though he's dead. Now, it should then, they're going to have to run a special election. And who's to say... That someone else, not a Democrat, might not win that seat. But instead of saying the seat, the party, the seat belongs to the person. They're approaching this with the seat belongs to the party. Hmm. And if that isn't enough, one of the Democrats that they count in the 102 was elected the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. Yet he continues to hold that seat and is counted in his uh, seat in the House in order to arrive at 102, even though he'll be the lieutenant governor come January. And if that isn't enough for well, you... Well, no,
1: let me stop you real quick and then let you continue. Are, are not in each of these cases the initial appointees going to be Democrats, or can they appoint anybody as an interim?
7: Well, that bothers me, because I think that should be an open seat, but typically, it's only a, the appointed people are of that party. But that they don't appoint people. The seat just stays empty until there's an election.
1: I got you. Okay.
7: <clears throat> and if that isn't enough, those two aren't enough, the third person, State Representative Summer Lee, won a seat in Congress which she will be sworn in on on january 3rd what is significant about january 3rd well that is also the day that she would be sworn in to be a house representative now i know that there's a law in pennsylvania that you cannot hold two elected offices at the same time i know this so how exactly is she allowed to hold on to both seats in order to assure the democrats have control of the pennsylvania house actually and er- how is the man that's elected to the lieutenant governor able to hold on to that seat while well, he already has a second office look good for him i'm happy for him
2: well, the way I, I heard it, Cindy, is real
7: shenanigans, Cindy the, way,
2: the way I heard it, it was 101 to 100 at the moment. Now, if the Republicans, uh, because of those two things, those seats will be vacant. I mean, the the lady going to the uh, Congress and the gentleman, or late gentleman going to be lieutenant governor. And the man those who seats, went to heaven. Those seats will, yeah, those seats will be vacant. And right. then the Republicans will actually have more people present on the day the House is reorganized than the exactly. Democrats will. Exactly. and So, so the why Repo- are
7: we saying, then, that the Democrats have control, and they will make all the appointments, and they will control the House? See, this bothers me as a non-party person, right, as an independent. Neither party should be then, or, frankly, the Republicans, if you want to go for it. They show up with more people than the Democrats, and the truth is, one of them's dead. And two of them have other elected offices. You should not be allowed to hold two offices at the same time.
2: They aren't, but they have to resign one to, to accept the other. But the question becomes, when does the seat become vacant? It becomes vacant when the person who was elected to it doesn't show up on the day to be sworn in. That's my understanding. That's when the seat actually becomes vacant. And then an immediate Democrat can be appointed for those seats. So
1: the, g- a state no, Democrat. no, no, it's a special election. election. special election. Election. Stay says vacant. right here in going to flip back, okay.
7: Right. Not until May will they will the democrats actually potentially have a majority
2: right but because Not the republicans because the republicans have more people there they are able to reorganize the senate or the house rather and take control of it and they can schedule they can put off having these special elections for some period of time
7: well the but the argument being made is that the democrats will be given control even though they don't control the majority of seats.
2: Well, I don't know how that would happen unless the Republicans vote to give it to them. Well, this is
7: what Spotlight Pennsylvania, this reporting group, is saying, that this is considered a Democrat win and that they will control the House. And uh, my only – that's a very big deal, who controls, because that says who makes appointments to the committees and who is the chairman of committees, and and then those groups will vote. For a Speaker of the House to organize the House, but it, the presumption that these seats are owned by the party and then remain in the hands of the party, even though the candidate who won it has no intention of taking that seat. This gentleman who's going to be the uh, Lieutenant Governor has no intention of remaining in his House of Representatives seat. Summer Lee, who is uh, elected to Congress, has no intention of sitting there, and they should step aside. They should forfeit the seat. This is the problem with allowing people to hold one seat while they run for another.
2: But, Cindy, the this problem would be, even if they renounce the seat, it would be in the same thing. I mean, there, there's not going to be a special election next week. So even if they renounce their seats right now, instead of letting the, the thing play out, uh, it would be the same same result in the end. There'll still be a vacant seat, and there still have to be a special election for it. So it really doesn't make any difference when they do it, because somebody's well, going to have to schedule so a special election.
7: So who's going to be in charge of the House of Representatives until May?
2: The people who show up with the most number of votes on that day. And I guess that I, right now would be the Republicans. Yeah.
7: I don't think that's true. I think that they're arguing that it belongs to—this is the shenanigans that are going on.
2: Right.
1: It
7: belongs to the Democrats, even though they can't show up.
2: We'll have to see how they handle it. We'll watch it. Well, I'm we'll see sorry? we'll see how it plays out. I I, I hope you're wrong. Yep, you watch him do it. And I actually I think change flipping the house might be a good thing for a time or two. Maybe we'll get a radar bill out from municipal police <laughs> under the Democrats, <laughs> purely selfishly, of course. <laughs> right, purely selfishly, uh, of course. Thank you so much, Cindy. <laughs> thanks thanks, thanks Cindy. for calling in. Happy, Happy
7: Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to both of you and to all the listeners. Thank I you. wish you all life's blessings.
1: And you thank as well. Thank, thank you. Cindy. You, yeah, same to you. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Hold
4: on, Van, we will be right back
2: Welcome back to the KOK live telephone talk show. Mark up a the show and then hit delete. Says thanks for your guest this morning. Nine one one dispatchers are unsung heroes. Well, we tried to sing them this morning. All right.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> They've uh, now been sung right here on our program. Van has been waiting five minutes. Good to hear from you again, sir. Thanks for calling in. You're Good on morning, the Van.
9: Good morning. You know, Eb says the domestic terrorists are from the far right. Well, Joe, you're the history buff. What happened on this date? many years ago.
6: JFK, you know?
2: JFK was shot, shot in. Him. 22nd. Mm-hmm.
9: Now, was Lee Harvey Oswald responsible for that? Yep. That's what we were told, right?
2: That's what we were did, told.
9: Did anyone lay it at the feet of a political party, or he was affiliated with some political party?
2: He was far left. He was a member of the Fair Play for Cuba Committee. Matter of fact, he may have been the whole committee. <laughs>
9: But, but did that then lump him in with everybody on that side of the aisle?
2: No, no, it doesn't. But in I EV's mean, world, that it does. So <laughs>
9: yeah, that, that world that was back then is so far from what it is today. I mean, totally different. You know, I don't think JFK would be on the far left with the Democrats today. But anyway, you know, there's responsibility, individual responsibility. And of course, You know, we talk about conspiracy theories. I don't believe Lee Harvey Oswald did that, and I know—I don't know if you guys believe that he's responsible for that assassination or not. What's your beliefs on that?
2: Well, I don't think the Warren Commission answered all of the questions that should have been answered and i'm not certain that he didn't have some part in it but you know the fact that he was assassinated several days later by jack ruby certainly is an unusual occurrence in its in and of itself there's people who believe the photograph of him holding the manlicher carcano rifle were doctored and it it is an unusual photograph you know, there are people who believe that he had some part in it, people believe he acted alone, and people like me who believe he was part of it, but uh, still has some questions about whether or not he was the only practitioner. Right. I agree with Joe.
9: <laughs> I, I know that there was many people that were are expert, expert marksmen that tried to pull off the shots that Oswald would have had it done, and he had a bold-action rifle, And those guys that were great marksmen were not able to do the same shots that Lee Harvey Oswald was supposed to have been able to, to do. And of course, I don't know if you guys know, probably do, uh, E. Howard Hunt, on his deathbed, confessed that he was part of a CIA group that assassinated President Kennedy.
2: I think if anybody's more likely to have done it, it would have been Sam Giancana in the and mafia. That? Huh?
9: And who's that?
2: He was the mafia leader that was dating the same girl that Jack Kennedy was messing around with. Uh, Judith Exner, I think her name was, if my memory serves me correctly. I may be wrong on that.
9: Uh, I, I, would, I would have more weight on what D. Howard Hunt said, because a man on his deathbed realizes he's about to head out into eternity, and I don't think he's going to make up stories. you know. So he, either way, we, we know that Lee Harvey was, a, was the fall guy for this whole thing. But anyway, that's that's not what I really wanted to call them about today. I'll <laughs> okay. cut, cut it short with this. I just I saw a, a documentary last night it's called Died Suddenly. And if you're aware, and you probably are, this is getting into the news now, sad sudden adult death syndrome. And there's a great increase in death among people less than forty years old. And it's nationwide. And if you watch this documentary, you can find it on Rumble. It's called Died Suddenly. And there's morticians that are pulling huge clots out of people. They're, they're trying to embalm them. And they're not able to get the fluid into them properly. And they're pulling huge clots out of their bodies. Now, what it's saying in this documentary is they're attributing this to the vaccine shots that people have gotten, that this is causing these clots in their bodies. Really?
2: I hadn't I hadn't heard that. And this is some, some documentary that's available uh, generally? On Rumble.
9: On, On Rumble. Rumble. It's, it's very interesting. I know people don't like to, to even look into the other side of, of things. You know, we were told these, these vaccines are safe and effective, and they're still not letting out to the public what's in these vaccines. And there's been a great increase in cancer. I If you watch the obituaries, and I, I know three people, personally that i know of that and the ages of them were 47 49 and 58 that have died within the last year they all were vaccinated and they all died suddenly they just (gasps) what's that
1: I was gasping that they died oh, suddenly. I can prove to I can prove to you really empirically shown. that Mark, the vaccine Mark. actually prolongs your life because I got my bivalent vaccine last week and I'm still alive. So that should be empirical proof that they actually prolong life.
9: All right, Mark, but you know, I just want to just just one uh, I tell you I know three people that personally died from this and you go <laughs> That's that to me is unbelievably rude and heartless of
1: you you said it's because of the vaccine that's the gasp part. your conspiracy theory is noted we're listening you have an open mic if you don't want anybody to react or converse with you call somebody else but this is a conversation discussion show joe's reacting i'm reacting we're enjoying a great conversation i'm not reacting i'm listening right well no you had a word a couple questions for him earlier
9: Mark, Mark, if, if you were sitting in front of me and you told me you knew three people that personally died suddenly, you know, and and I would go and, and make that you know All
1: right. Moving on. Would, what what else do you have, Van? Moving on. What else do you have?
9: I'm just saying watch watch the video. If if you dare, you know, the great reset, that's another thing that I've so on the way. We're we're headed also for The the cryptocurrency coming, they're now having that up in New York. They're having CBCDs, the central banking digital currency is going to have a trial run at this, where they will eventually, I don't know how long it will take them, but they will go to a digital currency where there will be no more paper money. Everything, Every transaction will be traced and tracked, and that's all part of what the
1: bible says all so. right we got you quickie question van one question it, it, what does code and i understand you think the vaccines are causing this clotting or that there's some evidence to that effect what does covid19 itself do to clotting if you get this virus of course it's like every other virus you know you have some adverse effects initially what does covid do to clotting
9: i don't know what do you think it does
1: well, I'm just saying, if, if you're informed on this, that would be the other question, not the vaccines. But how many people have avoided clotting? Let's suppose COVID increases clotting, and they have the vaccine so you don't get it as severe, which is what the, they tell us occurs. I'm wondering if the, having the vaccine actually well, prevents some of the COVID clotting. But
9: well, I, I we, can tell you what I, what I do know. Course, very briefly, Henry, here, Go ahead. With physicians that are, are taking the blood out of people, some of the people their blood has like, it looks like coffee grounds in it, and it's, it's clotting, gotcha. small clots. From COVID if or been, the vaccine? If you watch the documentary, maybe then you can you know, listen to the other side. And I, I, hey, I know plenty of people that got the vaccine that have had no reactions at all. Gotcha. My mother, personally, she's had reactions to the vaccine. My dear right.
1: sister. All right, we got to hit the road. Sister. Thank yeah. you so much, Van. Great points, all. We hope a lot Thank of people watch again. We really need to get Take everybody care. informed on these important topics. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. You too. 1 800 795 9565. We're hitting
4: the button. We got the rest of our callers lined up. We will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area.
1: All right. One of our good listeners sends a note, says, Mark, you're 100 percent right and strikingly handsome. COVID in itself adversely affects the clotting cascade. It increases clotting. Many people with COVID have had heart attacks and strokes due to clotting problems from the COVID virus. You can get admitted If you get admitted to the hospital with COVID, the first thing they do is put you on a blood thinner. And so there's some facts from actual medical people there, but thank you... That's uh, an actual medical person? Van, yes. Well, nurse, I guess. Okay. But well, pretty, that's an actual medical pretty person. Pretty specifically trained in some areas. Okay. Uh, upper right-hand corner and then we'll put our callers.
2: Doug here. says it's a new low for the mainstream media. If they can get any lower, CNN was trying to link the Colorado LGBTQ plus club shooter to Trump in any way possible. <laughs> and they think they did it. They found a statement from his grandfather about January 6th that doesn't fit their narrative about the event and then left it at that, hoping that those who see this will figure that the shooter is a MAGA supporter. Our national media is a total disgrace. Yeah, I agree with Doug on this. They are jumping the gun on that. They're, right, they're, and they're ignoring the fact everything that everything is sealed. This guy's girlfriend says they went to nudist events and they were d- uh, part of a left-wing group, so but, you know, let's tie it to Trump. Uh, we're going to have to do something, and this Fox is on the same boat
1: on this, just jumping to conclusions. What, whenever something happens, you have to ignore the media for two weeks and then come out with only facts, facts, facts. Thank you, Doug. Another home run. Uh, Bob from Paxinus, uh, you get a couple of two, three minutes, and then we got to get Stan back on the air. Go ahead, Bob.
6: Yeah, um, as far as blood clots, though, anybody can get them from anything. It's not from the vaccine. And many people lives are still living because they got the vaccine. And as far as it goes with Trump, he is a racist, he was a racist person and still is. So that comes down to the LGBTQ and the black people. He was against black people 100%. And, where where, where he, did you but, get that, Bob? Well, forgive
2: me, but where do you get that? I mean, he has support among black he's, people he's, increased.
6: Yeah, just to get reelected, but he was against everything. when uh, He was against all the, the people in the House.
2: Do you remember that Al Sharpton gave him an award for his work with the minority community in New York City years ago?
6: Where's your proof about Antifa for uh, Democrats?
2: Well, where's yours about Trump being a racist? <laughs> his whole life <laughs> comes to mind.
6: He said it all the time.
2: He said, what did he ever say about black people? Give me one example from your vast knowledge. What did he say about black people?
6: Horror... The one lady in the house, he always put her down all the time. The girl that wore a wrap around her head, you know who I'm talking about?
2: Ilan Omar, right.
6: Yeah, he always put her down.
2: But he, d- he didn't put down every Muslim, and she's not black. If you want to think of an example, think of, um, uh, what's her name, Waters. Help <laughs> he Joey? called her a low-intelligence individual,
6: but that's not in insulting. Honor, he was a racist.
2: That's insulting a specific person. That's not. But he wasn't
1: insulting,
6: insulting the whole her race because
2: she was black. She said she was low intelligence because she was a woman. There's a big <laughs> difference.
6: Well, I don't yeah, know about he, that. You said that she she had sex with her brother or something. Or brother.
2: That's Ilan Omar. She married her brother, didn't she? To,
6: I have no idea, and I really, like really don't that. care. And I'm a gay person. And anyway, it's against gay people. Can go to hell.
1: All right, if we got you, you
6: like me, you don't. I don't like you. All you right, now this is what is <laughs>
1: that's not spreading the love, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah.
6: Go, go shoot and kill people because they're gay. All, All
2: right, now, right. yeah. but Donald don't Trump didn't you shoot yourself. anybody. Donald Trump didn't shoot anybody because they're gay. He's never nothing that I
6: know. That's I've said a word about other gay
2: people. state.
1: But I think what happens is if you it's get extremes on they're both they're sides
6: of the aisle?
1: Go ahead. Say again.
6: I said because of what's being said on the radios, people are killing gay people.
1: Well, and I think both sides have got to tone down the rhetoric. You know, all of our the words that we're exchanging when we're on these bitter divides in Washington uh, are really violent remarks, and I think some people take that to heart. And whether it's Antifa, as Joe always uh, uses that boogeyman as an example, or January 6th, as I'm all... The boogeyman cases, you use. <laughs> uh, right. I was, if I could be permitted to finish <laughs> without being interrupted.
6: saying that uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband ask a gay person to go over to his house to beat him up really right. I'm almost kidding
1: thank you so much Bob thanks for calling in thank you sir okay
6: thank well, you one buddy. more thing
1: hurry up. Yeah.
6: Congratulations to Kim Best. She's running for Jugford on Northumberland County. Vote
1: for Kim Best. <laughs> All right, we got you. It's why why do you off. get congratulations <laughs> for just running? I mean, it's, I anybody can run. All right, uh, upper right-hand corner and lower right-hand corner.
2: Uh, WRR says facts are important things. Do your homework before you put your mouth in gear. See the link below, and the link says uh, Reuters. Com art fact article fact check video anomalies fact check video does not prove COVID-19 vaccines. Cause blood anomalies. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the actual link would show.
1: That does cause clotting. And one
2: more. And then why were people elected to Congress and Lieutenant Governor allowed to run for a State House seat while also running for other offices? They were cowards for it. All right. And Stan, last caller of the day, go right ahead.
8: Exactly. Now, I I agree with uh, Cindy, but that is my question. How can you run for two offices? At the same time.
1: Oh, so I think I did. I Not don't let think alone they, holding. Yeah, I don't think they ran for both. I think they held one, well, and ran for the other. Well, wait no, a minute.
2: No, wait a second. One year, a couple of years back, someone ran against me for mayor, who also was running for borough council. Oh, okay, so you can run. You for can two. run for two, but you could only hold one. Okay.
8: Okay. Thank so you guys. this person that she was talking about—that's going uh, to—that one is a state representative, which is every two years, correct?
2: Am I that's right or correct. Wrong you're, right, that? you're right. They're you're right.
8: You're right. Okay. Also ran for Congress. Mm-hmm. Okay, she won the, con- the person won the Congress seat. Right. So that would make them a coward for not giving up the state seat because they had no faith in the fact that they might win as a Congressperson.
2: <laughs> well, I, th- I think it says something so, and, about and,
8: and that's happened in the past. And the same thing with the lieutenant governor. They were running for lieutenant governor. They are also a House of uh, representative. Correct. Yes, that's correct. They shouldn't. Have, yep. They shouldn't have been running for the House of Representatives. They should have been. Re- well, they have, don't have to resign. They just run for one seat at a time. And if that's not the law, it needs to be.
2: Well, it seems because to me that it says cowards, something, Stan it, seem, cowards, Stan, 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 it seems to me it says something about the people in their district, their House district, who would elect them knowing that they were running for another office. They don't really want the office they're asking me to vote for them for. I would have voted against them because they were doing that for the House Exactly.
8: Seat. You know, that's, that's wrong. And they've done it on a national level. you got these people running for president. I, McCain was one of them. He didn't resign his Senate seat because he was a coward to run for president. But he wasn't up for election, neither. So he wasn't running for both.
1: All right. We okay. got you, stand. Thank
2: you so much. Appreciate that. Got another minute of words on the radio. Okay. Well, we'll do this all again tomorrow and then take a day off. <laughs> And another day off. Oh, that's right. There's, you don't know, Black Friday program. And another day off. And another day. And then one and day after that. <laughs> and then I'll take the following,
1: well, maybe next week. This is WDK. Okay, Sunbury.